lived was a man named King Solomon. King Solomon was given divine wisdom from God. He saw a lot. He had connections all over the world. He was the envy of the nations. And in Ecclesiastes 7, Ecclesiastes 7, which is on page 556 in the Pew Bibles in front of you, he wrote some wisdom that we need to hear in memorial services. Ecclesiastes 7, verses 2 through 3. It's the big number 7, the little number 2 and 3, for those of you who don't know. He wrote, It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. You know, though we rejoice at God's gift of life, like when a new child is born into the world, isn't it exciting? It, it is one of those times that gathers families together or a new union and a new marriage. You get to see each other. But scripture says it is funerals like this one, is memorial services as we remember those gone that bring wisdom. Writing on this, one scholar named Jim Winter says, the passing of a loved one cuts us to the heart, but often it is the surgeon's scalpel that removes the cancer of false promises that keep us confused in this world. The wound may be a deep cut, but if we listen to the voice of God, we will meet the one who was, the Bible says, crushed for our sins. Many of you may know the Bible repeatedly says tears are a good thing. It's not bad to cry. I, I know there are certain voices out in the world right now who said you should never cry, and yet even Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And perhaps what is one of the most famous Bible verses because of its brevity, every little kid wants to memorize this verse, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. He cried at a funeral of his friend Lazarus. Because it is sadness, disappointment that gives us perspective. The word sorrow just means strong emotions. It's one feels like just that, that depth of sadness because of a loss of loved one. And yet Solomon and God behind him says that that brings true happiness. Laughter can distract, but sorrow attracts our eyes to what matters. Like you, you think about it, even around us in Orange County today, there are so many things people are doing right now that are fun on a Saturday afternoon that are great activities of entertainment, and, and those are all good things. But funerals are rightly sad, and they are like a beacon light in the sky, drawing our eyes to what matters. We just heard so much. Thank you, Donna, for sharing about your mother and what people were remembering about her, right? And how they were encouraged by her. When we die, what about our lives will be remembered and mattered. That same wise king, a few pages later, at the end of that book on page 559, Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14, 
King Solomon has thought about everything, and he says, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. Solomon's making a very bold statement that the thing that matters in the end is what God thinks of us. Nothing good or bad that we do goes unseen. I don't know about you. I know many people. We're, we're, we're sitting at a desk at a job. We're, we're resting in our living room. We're working over the sink in the kitchen, and a thought comes to us, who cares? What does what I have any impact on anyone around me? Why does this matter? And the answer, of course, is everything we do matters to our creator, Jesus Christ. I never met Ruth. I didn't get that opportunity, but I was able to hear a number of stories from the family over the past few days. And I would know for a hundred percent certainty that if she could speak to us from death, she would want us to take away the thing that matters most. God will bring every activity into judgment, every secret thing. And Ruth would want us to know that all of us, in the end, are exposed. None of us comes out perfectly clean. Because when you get down to those secret moments, there's always a little bit of dirt involved, a little mess. The Bible claims, in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, we've, we've messed up in one way or another. Not just messed up, we've disregarded. God is justly angry with people, especially the religious people out there. He writes in Hebrews 10, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving knowledge of the truth, there remains no longer a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume God's adversaries. God should not overlook wrongs, just like we shouldn't overlook crimes especially war crimes, evil acts being done. God sees all of that. But God doesn't just give his anger and his wrath. He provides a way in forgiveness. In Romans chapter 5, it says, God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, while we still were messing up, Christ died for us. In Romans 10, Verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's a great lie at times that says, well, if I can just get my, my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, then, then I'll be okay. If I can just do enough, just pay God enough. Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I hope you caught that. The wages of sin, what we deserve and get from sin is death, but the free gift is eternal life. We can't pay God with money or with the many good deeds we come up with. All he wants is a broken heart. Funerals are a great time for a broken heart. They're a gift to show us what matters. We, we recognize the blessings in a family member's life, in a friend's life. But life also shows us how much we need Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says God opposes the proud, but he gives kindness to the humble. Because the wages of sin is death, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. There was a preacher in the, in the um, 19th century named Dwight L. Moody. And when he was starting off, he was asked to go and preach at a funeral. And so he struggled with it because he loved to go and say, when I was asked to preach, okay, well, let me look through my Bible and see what Jesus Christ preached. And he's going through and he's like, where does Jesus preach at a funeral? And he's like, okay, I will get one of Christ's funeral sermons and I will find it. And he writes, I hunted through all the four gospels trying to find one of Christ's funeral sermons, but I couldn't find any. I found instead he broke up every funeral he ever attended. He never preached a funeral sermon in the world. Death couldn't exist where he was. When the dead heard his voice, they sprang to life. He will smash up the undertaking business when he comes again. See, Jesus is a God worth following. We have many ideas and images of God's out there. But the true story of Jesus Christ is not just a God who sits up on high and looks down and throws lightning bolts at us when we mess up. He entered this world. He dealt with his sorrow. He walked around as people were dying. And he lived the perfect life when we have failed, never doing any wrong, never wanting any wrong. And he doesn't just cleanse us and make us back to zero, but he gives us his righteousness, all the good things he has done in exchange for the bad we have done. And he makes us right. And each one of us, and I pray for each one of you, would believe you're not good enough. You have failed, but Jesus has been perfect for you so that we might see him and know, most importantly, what Ruth wants us to. Let me pray. God, you are the father of Jesus Christ and the creator of us all. We pray for this time together that truest comfort would be given, that we would recognize what really matters. As we think about our days ahead, may we live a life as Ruth did, with kindness, Lord, loving others as you have commanded us to. But may the reality of our own mortality hit us. May we be able to thank you, God, who is the giver of every good gift. And in the process, may we praise you. Lord, may we recognize that we are not good enough, but you are, Jesus. And as we confess our sins, may we know you are faithful to forgive us. We ask this, Lord, the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen.